Blaine and Mickey, 104.5. So happy Thursday to you. You're having a great day out there. A uh, bunch of NBA players. I, I don't know if Ben Simmons is having a great day. Or... Oh, yeah, he is. He's happy he's out of there in Philly. Yeah, he's he's, he's elated. Going to the Nets. Yeah, the, he's Philly. He gets to just freeload off with Kevin Durant and, uh, and Kyrie when he decides to play, uh, you know, just away games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, let me, let me find this tweet because uh, we don't talk a lot of NBA. But yeah, what was it? Seth Curry, I can remember off the top of my head, uh, a first-round pick. Two, two first-round picks. Two first-round picks. Oh, you got it You got it in front of you? Uh, I, just, I knew it was Seth Curry, two first-round picks, and uh, and Ben Simmons for James Harden. Yeah, I think it was two other players uh, Yeah, involved. I think there's another player in there. Yeah. I, I retweeted it. But... I, I retweeted your man Woj, and now I can't find it. But, uh, um. I'll get this here, but yeah, again, we don't talk a, a whole lot of NBA. The NBA is not real live. I mean, it's not real live. There's like so much money fantasy. at stake. There's like Ben Simmons just didn't play this year. Could, well, uh, uh, we did have that the NFL Deshaun Watson, but I don't think it's that he didn't want to play. It's different just circumstances. different circumstances, but it's so few people on a team making so much money. It's not even reality, and it's such the league is such a soap opera. And one year, I just remember there was one particular off season that everything crazy in the world happened. And I said, "This is so much better than watching the actual games." Now I love watching the Grizzlies just because they're young and hungry in the way they just attack everything. But just nightly NBA games, I just can't get down with it. But yeah, um, I mean, it's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. But uh, the final tally of this, Brooklyn Nets trading James Harden to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Mm. So it, I, I've said this before about the NBA. Everything that happens business-wise is just a math problem. Ooh, yeah, no doubt. Well, I got another one for you. It's a math problem. They're just the trading this level exception and this much money for this much no, they they just trying to make sure they get everybody on a good team, and then they got a shot at winning the title. Yeah. I think, I think the, the NBA is just rigged. Like behind the scenes, they say, "Hey, man, we're going to do this and this," and the players go, "Yep, that's what we're going to do." No, we're going to do this, and then the players kind of run the league. It's like, well, oh my gosh, man, you can just really go. I mean, like they can't have the Lakers bad again this year. They, I mean, the Lakers they're, they're going to be there's got there's got. I'm shocked it's not a trade with the Lakers with the way Westbrook is uh, sending in the fourth quarter and. And not even dressing for some games. I'm surprised they haven't got rid of him. But there is a trade with the Mavericks. So your man, Mr. Cuban, he sent Kristaps Barzingas. What? To the Wizards. And the, not the Wizards of Oz. For center named Spencer. And I know this guy because he has a nice little fro. Dinwiddie. Man, why would you do that? I think Josh Richardson got shipped away too. The former Vol. Oh, he's been all over the place. I like him with the heat though. He was he made his money there. That's where he was really good and showed us. I mean, they, remember they moved in the point guard there his last year there at UT and that really man, what a great athlete, ball handling skills. JV said, and the NFL isn't a soap opera. Crying emoji. The NFL is a soap opera, but there's 53 guys on a team, and then there's how many on? Uh, what's on the practice squad now? Uh, 16. 16 more guys. It's just a lot more people to spread the drama around too. I mean, NBA rosters are just tiny. Yeah, players they, just don't have nearly the amount of power. They do not. I mean, it's just diva field in the NBA. It's just like, well, Harden, I don't like this. You know, um, 
Kyrie won't show up and won't get tests, and we suck, and I'm exhausted, and I'm getting older. I'm 32 now. And then Durant is hurt. He's my good friend. We played together at OKC, and now it just doesn't work. So I want out. Agent, I want out. You say I want out. I say I want to stay, and then we'll get this to work, and we'll force him out because I only have one year of my deal, and you just tell him. I'm going to opt out next year, and they get nothing. So get nothing or get something for me. Boom. And he drops the mic and walks out. And then and they had done. to get something. Yeah, they had no choice. Those three played 16 games together of Durant, That's Kyrie, horrible. and, and Did you see the minute total? 364 total minutes. The yeah. himbo guy oh. from ESPN. Oh, Paul, I didn't see that. Oh. Him, whatever his last Man, himbo. Man, these guys. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden played 16 games in 364 Man. minutes together. Man, instead of the Lord making me 5'9", <laughs> I wish he would have made me 6'9". I, I could be a 10'10 guy like Kendrick Perkins sitting up there and made yeah, $100 million to $20 million a year, man. 10'10 guy. You would need those deep tissue massages. Man. Oh, man. I would have been. I would have just been a rebound, block shot, defend guy. $20 million. Oh, when people, Damn, when people ask me, like, you know, what could my son do to, you know, to have a better chance? I'm like, grow. Yeah, Just grow. Basically nothing. Get him on some growth hormones. Get that, <laughs> get that rascal in the NBA. Because, I don't know if that's going to make him go up. <laughs> <laughs> that may make him go out, too. Hey, man, just get that rascal Dude. on some growth hormones. And, and just and just get him to be about, what do you need to be, like 6'8"? I don't know, man. What you need Depends. to do is go play soccer, tennis, golf, and baseball. Man, forget all this crap, man. Did you notice I didn't list no football in there? No. Yep, all down the path of least resistance. All you got to do is just go watch it. Watch this. Just go watch the uh, Williams Sister uh, show, the movie with Will Smith. You haven't seen it? I'm not sure what you're referencing. What movie? Oh, man, what's the name of that movie? I just watched it like a month he's, ago. He's Richard uh, Williams. He's oh, Venus and Serena's dad. Yeah, no, okay. I've not seen that. I heard it was excellent. Oh, it is excellent. Oh, it is fantabulous. Fantastic. Great story. A lot of parents need to watch that. He was driven and knew he had something special with his girls, and they were telling him he really didn't. He believed in what he was doing, and they were way ahead of their time. He just had to learn how the system works uh, for tennis and what he, where he needed to put them. Then he kind of played some of these elite coaches and, and got them in there and, and uh, worked with them and then kind of flipped it, flipped the script once he got them to coach them and, and told them this is what we're doing. It was it was pretty unique. Sharp family. They were smart kids. It was just a, a lot of drama in between, but it was a really, really good show. What's the name of the show? Uh, the movie King, King Richard. Richard. King Richard. Yeah. Well, you got to mention uh, Venus is great and all time great, but Serena literally is in the goat conversation. A lot of people threw her name out when we did the you know goat. Who's of, the goat, goat of, of all goats? One hundred percent. You can mention her anytime. She yeah. she belongs right up there. Uh, we teased this, so I'll hit it just a little bit. AJ Brown, uh, PFF Brad, uh, who's one of the PFF guys on Twitter. Contract projection for AJ Brown: four years, eighty million, twenty million per. The spot track, because we've talked about this, they have him four years, 69 million, 17 million per, 17 3. So anywhere between 17 and 20 million. This is what he said about him. He had the most productive start to his career that PFF has ever seen for a wide receiver. He is not only insanely productive, but he is also among the most complete receivers in the NFL. His route tree has no holes. 
He was a 2019 second-round pick, so this is his last year under contract. In three years, he has 295 catches for 29.95 yards. He's five yards short of 3,000 and 24 touchdowns. Yeah, he underachieved. <laughs> Four <laughs> years, $80 million is, yeah, is well, what that PFM means he did, That means he didn't get 1000 a year. I use that against him in negotiations. Amen. You're so good. Why five you yards get, short. Yeah, yeah. You said 3000 What? He's got 2,995. So he's 1,000 short. You're going on four, right? So that was three years. That's three years worth. He's five yards short of 3,000. Yeah. I'd use that against the negotiations. (laughs) And his injury history. So naturally, I would sign him. I would probably be a tough GM. No, I would probably sign him for 17. No doubt. I'd sign him right now. 17 right now. Here's the paper. Four years, 17. Well, not actually today. Okay. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Like week four. Oh, okay. Uh, the regular season. I start negotiating now and fumbling, stumbling, and I got all these other contracts to do too. But I know I, I'm going to let you know I got you in my backdrop. Uh-huh. And what I'm trying to wait on is make sure he stays healthy. Through the offseason. Now, there's some risk to that. Yeah. Debo Samuels is up too, and he may get more. And I'm going to go, well, he got 20. I can't give you 20. We never use you at running back. <laughs> we, we give you on reverses, but that ain't like running back. <laughs> we don't line you in the eye dot and say, go run. So he get 20, you get 18. Matter of fact, how can I pay you more than Derrick Henry? Uh-oh. See, this is how you start making up negotiations. Listen to GM Blaine mm-hmm. right here. See? He's talking so himself then you out have, of it. Right. No, I won't talk myself out of it. I'm negotiating <laughs> it down. That's all I'm doing. And this is how the negotiations go, by the way. And trust me, I was uh, emotionally pissed when I had to negotiate. He was like basically telling me I was sorry. Well, what if why did you franchise tag me? If I was so sorry. Yeah, so they talk like that. Like, up, well, he can't do this, 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 and this. Well, this, this, and this don't add up to the franchise tag. So don't untag me. It's like baseball arbitration where you literally go and sit and you're like, he can't hit the curveball. He can't, you know, this and that. What? Just yesterday you told me I was great. Yeah, so that's how negotiating. And then you say, oh, well, he got a little nicked up a lot. We got some knee issues and we don't know where it's going to go. You know, just. Hey, what are you thinking? Because you still got a year to play with now. You don't want to wait till the end of the year. Well, if you remember, and, mm-hmm. and I've actually looked it up. I, I even have it written down somewhere down to the week. There's a week in July where J-Rob always signs somebody. Mm-hmm. Lawan, there's been several guys who there's like a five-day window in July. Oh. Where, so that that's when it's going to happen. Ah, there you Unless go. he breaks character. But J-Rob is who he is. It's like a five-day window in July well, that he signed a bunch of these deals. Also, it depends on how the cap where they're at at the time and do yep. they need some more space and if they sign him will that help so that may you know speed up the process i don't know but there's a lot of factors in play there but you, one thing you do know i am resigning him that i am oh no i'm not letting nah. him more harold landry Mm-mm. walk and then I, I guess can't. what guess what you have as the secret weapon i just said it come on lucas what was the secret weapon i just said whose secret weapon no what I said they used on me. Then why'd you tag oh, me? Saying, saying, Franchise tag. You have that to use against them. Well, then, if you don't like this offer, we'll just tag you. Ooh, he be PO'd. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that tag used to be something great. Oh, it's an honor to be franchise tagged. I was franchise tagged. You, don't you do not honor. like that. I want that signing bonus. <laughs> and I want that, yeah, that longevity that locks me in to be on that team for a while. So, guess what? You don't want to sign this year? Well, as soon as you finish, just know I'm going to say... Tag, franchise tag. One more year of negotiations for you. Tough sledding there, buddy. Your agent will sh- get right then. 
Well, what you offering? Uh, 18 per. We'll take it. Yeah, that's what he'll take. I'll call him. Let me call him right now, and I'll call you back. All right, we got to call Doug Matthews back because it's time for him to hit us up next. The coach coming up on Blaney Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. How you doing? Everybody doing well out there? I uh, always love doing this next segment. Our, our, our coach, Coach Doug Matthews, joins us. Coach, um, Super Bowl week this week. I'll ask you this. Have you ever been to the Super Bowl? And either, if you haven't or haven't, are you a big Super Bowl guy? Mm. Uh, I'm not a big Super Bowl guy, except, uh, well, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I have been to two. Mm. Uh, I have oh. been too. I was uh, I was actually on the broadcast team when the Titans went uh, played St. Louis in Atlanta. Uh, oh, I was and, at that uh, one too. <laughs> yeah, Blake yeah, was I there. Well, I, well, I've, been, I've been to two. <laughs> is what I was joking about. I've been to two too. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I was doing the uh, at the, the. I think it was the first four or five years the Titans were here. I did the pregame, halftime, and postgame uh, on the uh, on one hundred four five the zone, and then. Uh, I, I went down. I was. Uh, they were gracious enough to give me a ticket to go down there, and uh, oh. and uh, my my wife actually. I had we had the uh, had Titans tickets back then. She actually won the lottery, got another ticket, uh, two tickets. So anyway, pretty good deal. But oh. uh, yeah, it's a it's a big deal. You know, let me tell you just a real quick story. I know you got other things you want to talk. Didn't about. notice, Coach. This this is interesting. Uh, the first two Super Bowls were what sixty five and or five and six, something like that. Anyway. I was just getting out of Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt had a former player named Bill King, who was an outstanding player and played with the New York Giants in the 50, uh, 55, 56, 57 round in there, 58, 59. Uh, and anyway, he was back, and he got to tell me. So all the, back then, this is the first two Super Bowls, every, uh, every NFL player got free tickets to it. They couldn't give the things away. And I forget where the first two were, but anyway, he said he went to both of them. He said that there wasn't 15,000 people at those, those things. They couldn't wow. give the tickets away. And, of course, now, uh, obviously, it's changed a little bit. But I, I thought that, uh, what is this, the 56, 7? Yeah, 56, 7, I guess. 56, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those tickets are going for nine grand now. <laughs> That's what I hear in L.A. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, wow. we come full circle, Coach. The first one was in L.A. in 1967. So first one, L.A., second one, uh, the Orange Bowl. Those used to be big stops, uh, the Coliseum and uh, the Orange Bowl. And, of course, Pasadena as well. They used to play Super Bowl games there. Coach Doug Matthews, our guest, he's brought to us, as always, by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk you makes bad decisions, so plan before you party. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans Drive Drunk, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, just like Doug Matthews each week on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're on here at uh, we're at Tennessee Station, naturally, and Lucas is so fascinated with all this trouble Auburn is having down there, and he's smiling from ear to ear because finally no one's talking about Tennessee in the same manner. So <laughs> I guess kind of give us your overview, some of it true, not true, but, I mean, take it for what it's worth. What do you think is going on? <laughs> well, one quick thing on what you just said there, Blaine. Doug Dickey, who was a great coach, great football coach in Tennessee, and I would argue even better athletic director. He used to always say that if something bad was happening, just keep your mouth shut. 
<laughs> in this league because in another day somebody else will be having to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what that's what you know. You, you just look at every week now. Of course, that, that's what the off season is. Recru- football season's over. Oh, recruiting's over. And this time of time, you're getting stuff like this all the time. And uh, but I've got to say, this was this is unusual. I tried to keep up with as best I can. Uh, and uh, I don't know, the, and I, I've been out of pocket today, but I think Coach Harson was supposed to be back in town either last night or this morning. Uh, but that is a, uh, I tell you what, it's a, it's a backroom situation down there right now. And uh, I would say if the athletic director is going to be forced to or have to make a move, and I have no idea if he is or not, on the head coach down there, Two and three year buyouts that total about thirty million bucks. I would think he would have a difficult time keeping his job. I would think. Mm, wow. Yeah. That that would uh, make you take a second uh, thought there on uh, letting him keep his job. We're on with uh, the coach, Coach Doug Matthews, always spitting the knowledge to us. And actually, we had no idea that you did the pre and post game. And that was great to hear that. Um, I guess for Tennessee, let's talk about re-recruiting your own players. How much has that kind of impacted how teams go about their business in with the NIL deal? And then, you know, I'm going to just call it what it is, some of it a little bit of tampering because you got to make sure you keep your players. If they have any thought, well, I'm not getting enough playing time. Coach won't play. He don't like me. Then they go to somewhere else. And all after the game, you can go shake some of the hands of some of these coaches all recruited some of the same player. Next thing you know, you done lost a guy that was a valuable backup special team guy who in a crunch, if you had some guys get hurt, would be out there starting for you. So how much does this go into, uh, I guess, the coach's mind and, and how they try to re-recruit their own players? You are certainly going to do that with the ones that you want to stay. Every, every program, I don't care whether it's uh, – you know Georgia this year, or mm-hmm. the last team in Division One was. You got there's some players on the team that, you know, while you may like them, may be great people. It's not going to bother you when they leave because they're probably never going to play for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly the ones you want, you have to. I think that's one of the the positives in having this one time transfer uh, is that you do you you can't you can't treat players like quite frankly when I was just getting into coaching, you didn't play, treat players very nicely. That, I don't mean you treat them poorly, but but uh, in some instances, you know, and uh, and you have to – the re-recruiting actually, Blaine, goes on at, all the time. It doesn't mm. at the end of the year. It's all the time now, and I think you're seeing coaches that – there's more coaches in, in college football that are doing that anyway. Uh, and they, they, you know, they're more uh, – the old-term player coach used to be kind of derogatory, but it's not now. You better be close to your players. You better know about them off the field. Uh, you better at least act like you care about them because if not, and things get going a little bit sideways, uh, you're probably going to lose a few of them, and uh, it's, it's it's a big deal now. Now, the NCA has allowed you, you can if you lose a player that transfers out, enters a transfer portal and actually goes somewhere, mm-hmm. You can you can uh, re-sign another another player. Doesn't have to be a transfer player, but another player up to seven, as long as you stay under your eighty-five. So that's that's kind of a, a little caveat there that you can have. But by and large, absolutely, you got you got to you got to treat them right. Uh, again, I I don't think it's a bad rule at all because, quite frankly, you know I hear this all the time. They say, well, you know, he's he's talking from a coaching viewpoint. Well, every coach I know was a player at one time. 
So you you know you've been on the other side of it too, and and the the fact of the matter is is that uh, you know if 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 a player is not playing, if I was if I went somewhere where I was not playing, I in all likelihood would like to leave and go somewhere where I could play because you know you only get five years to play four. Uh, so uh, I don't think that's a bad rule at all. I really don't. And you really haven't seen too many programs have been hurt. That are stable programs. What are the players that are leaving? Last year, Tennessee, Coach Pruitt's out. A bunch of kids leave. This year, Auburn's having a little bit of trouble. A bunch, bunch of players leaving. But where you have stable programs, the, the players you normally lose are players that really aren't playing very much. Now, there are a few. There are a few other instances on that. Alabama had a couple of transfer portal guys come in last year. They're going to have one or two this year. But, but by and large, the stable programs aren't losing many players that they really want to keep. Speaking of the transfer portal, I know Tennessee didn't, uh, you know, hit it. Uh, if not at all, is it because they're in a roster crunch? I mean, what are your what is your take so far? And there's still time naturally after spring to to get some uh, transfer portal guys, but. Uh, Knowing that you got to build your team uh, through recruits in high school, no transfer portals this year, though, so far. Yeah, but they may sign 20 high school players who will be coming in. I think 12 or 13 right. of them are early enrollees. They only really have one transfer portal player right now that it came in this year. That was the Mincy Youngster, big offensive tackle from uh, Florida. And now they brought in a junior college player. But uh, the whole thing up there is, and really – I get asked about this a lot. I try to talk about it on Big Orange Sunday, but it's it's really difficult to talk about because nobody other than just a few people up there know exactly what the administration, and I'm not talking about the athletic administration. I'm talking about Chancellor Plowman uh, and the athletic director, what they're doing uh, and and what what they're holding back because of this NCA investigation. It's my my gut feeling – and then nobody's told me any of this, that they are holding back some scholarships. Well, I know they're holding back some scholarships in anticipation that there could be a reduction in scholarships at the end of this. Uh, you know, it's that old deal, you, you hope for the best and you prepare for the worst. Well, they're preparing for scholarships to be taken away. If not, they're great. But that, that's, that's part of the reason, too. The other part of it is they have a lot of younger, a lot of, as I mentioned, freshman players come in. I think at the end of spring – once they've gone through spring practice and see what some of these uh, freshmen can do. they got four freshman wide receivers. If a couple of those guys show that they can really play next year, they probably won't hit that position. If not, they probably will. But I, I do think when it's all said and done, if you just look at the roster and look at the depth chart and look at who has the potential to play, Tennessee badly needs a transfer portal linebacker at the very least. Uh, that is not That wasn't a position of strength last year. Uh, it's probably not going to be this year, and uh, I, I, I know that they probably want to bring somebody in there, but we'll see. But the big thing is, the kind of roundabout way of getting there, uh, they're holding back scholarships to see just exactly what's going to happen on the NCAA deal. Mm, got you. We're on with the coach, Coach Doug Matthews. Coach, there's talk about the NCAA completely reworking its constitution and a lot of different elements that I guess are still in play before a new one would be totally ratified. But let me ask you, if it, I mean, you've certainly spent a whole lot of time in that NCAA world. If somebody came to you and said, what's the first thing we should fix since we're going to change this constitution, where would you start? Well, right now, where we are, the thing that has to be fixed is, is name, image, likeness. And I say fix. You, 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 you don't, it's kind of like a 
you know, a, a ball of, of yarn, of twine. You don't know where to start, you know, because they let this thing. To me, that's the biggest of all the years the NCAA. Listen, the NCAA gets bashed at times when they shouldn't. But leaving that name, image, likeness situation, and they didn't do anything on that. And now we have all of these state laws that were put in place that were, are really ineffective because what's happened is the state legislatures, Tennessee being one of them, that met and put in a name, image, likeness law, uh, state law for the universities in, in the state, they're now behind the curve because the states that did not pass the law, now their universities can do whatever they want to. Uh, but that's, that's all at 100% on the NCAA. That you have to start there because what's happened on that is uh, it is what was meant to be something that effectively did this. If you are a, an athlete at a particular school, the reason this, this idea was brought about and implemented was to be able, at that school, be able to make some money speaking at a uh, at maybe a uh, you know a Lions Club or a Rotary Club, uh, or uh, you know going to sign a few autographs and pick up a couple of hundred bucks or whatever. That's what it was meant to be. But because they didn't get anything done, now it's being used to recruit. It's a recruiting tool now. And uh, when you add the when you add in now the transfer portal, listen. One of you all mentioned tampering to start the show and said, yeah. kind of tampering. it's not kind of tampering. It is now. It's just right now it's legalized tampering. But that's what's going on right now. So they, they eventually will get that all under control as much as they can. But that's where they have to start. Right there, absolutely no question that's where they have to start. The NCAA as it is, uh, as it once was, will never be close to that. The conferences now will take more and more control over it. That all started a few years ago when we had the autonomy group that when those power five schools stepped away in football. And effectively, guys, what you're going to have, in my opinion, you're going to have a football and then everybody else. Now, yeah. they're still going to be combined, but the football is it's what's going to be there. Let me just give you one little quick thing. I, I read this yesterday on a athletic director's website. Uh, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, those four years. The media deals right now and the accelerators on those. In the Southeastern Conference, every team will get an average of right at $49 million a year. That's before the new deal comes in when Texas and Oklahoma get here. So that's where the money thing is now, and uh, it's, it's just going to get the – it's going to get more cloudy. I won't say better or worse, but it's just, it's just very cloudy out there right now. And there's really nobody leading this thing. You know, it's, a, it's a leader of this organization. you got these schools through their conferences, but the NCAA right now is in no position to, to lead or do anything. And that's part of the problem with Tennessee and the investigation in the recruiting deal is who's making the decision, right. when will they make it, and they, nobody knows. Coach Doug Matthews, on the way out, we had this poll question earlier. Who's the uh, who's the greatest NFL player who never won a Super Bowl? You got any thoughts on that on the way out? Well, I would go back to who I think <laughs> the greatest uh, running back was. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. Jim Brown's still the best running back I ever saw. 
Yeah, he uh, he had but, retired uh, before he, they ever had one. Yeah, yeah he, he he didn't play in one. But uh, I that's a that's a, you know what I don't know that's that's pretty good. Uh, uh, I thought Reggie White was awful good. Of course, I'm a little biased on that. He might have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he, he got did. one with the Packers. The Packers, he did. Yeah, did he with the Pack? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's uh, that, that, that's. Yeah, Dan, Dan Marino is winning uh, with the Lance Clubhouse leader. Coach. Yeah. Well, he was he was one of them. Yeah, he played in you one, know, but he didn't win. Just one. real quick, just, just real quickly on that, and Blaine, I know I've heard you talk about this before. You know, you go back to Dan Marino. It's either his first or second year when he went to the Super Bowl. Second right? year, second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was talking about boy, they'll be back and never got back. Mm-hmm. So when you're there, you you, you better take advantage of it because there's. There's not any guarantees you're ever going to get back there again. That is true. Seize the moment, Coach. But there is a guarantee that you'll be back same time next week because we know that thanks to the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Thank you, Coach. Good (laughs) stuff as always. You bet. Talk next uh, next Thursday. Yes, sir. Catch uh, the coach on football Saturday and Big Orange Sunday. We told you there's a projection out there for a new contract for A.J. Brown. Where would that place him among the highest paid receivers in the NFL? I got that. Pick that up on the other side. Let's say it's way up there. Man, can I get a loan? Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So, yeah, a pro football uh, focus writer, mm. PFF Brad. Yeah, he, he broke down what kind of salary I make now here he on the radio. He said Blaine Bishop on, on the, the open radio. market is worth four years, $80 million, same <laughs> as A.J. Brown. Hey, man, I better you, hey, hey, Paul Macy, you better watch out, man. Okay. <laughs> they coming for me. So this was after Spot Track. They do. Uh, they basically take comparable players to who they think, in this case, AJ Brown, and they do averages. You can see these market value estimates. So AJ Brown is going into the last year of his four-year rookie deal. He was a second-round pick in 2019. Spot Track has him at four years, uh, 69.2 million, which is 17.3 average. Uh, and again, PFF has him at four years, 80 million. Um, so I started thinking, okay, where would that put him? He's well, got in three years two hundred ninety-five catches, but just uh, just under an average of one hundred catches. He has twenty-nine ninety-five yards, so just under a thousand-yard average. He has twenty-four touchdowns in three years. So I'd written this down. I thought, okay, well, I'll just go to Spot Track because you can sort contracts any number of ways, and you guys probably know this. I always ask you this, and one of you always knows everything that I ask you. So I'm that always definitely amazed. means Lucas. <laughs> Who is the highest paid wide receiver per year? Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, gosh, per year. If you guys remember, I think, like, back in the summer of last year, we were saying if you could start a team with any player. I, this may have even been the guy that I picked. Is it? Is it Devontae Adams? It is not. Not DeAndre Hopkins? It is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Mm-hmm. His average salary is oh, that's right. That's why he was one out of uh, the Texans. Twenty-seven and a quarter million per year. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven million. Here's the thing that blew my mind the most. Oh, I never knew that that it was that high. I thought it was like twenty. Twenty-seven is his average. So you know his yearly salary may vary, but that's just the average, average when you include in the, the signing bonus and everything. Do you know who number two is on this list? This is how I should have teased this. Do you know the second highest paid wide receiver per year in the NFL is on his current contract? You know him. 
We, what do you mean by we know him? You, you know him well. Everybody listening. Every, uh, uh, no, we don't. I know it's not Diggs. Then. Julio Jones. He makes. I thought he made fourteen. His average salary, based on his his signing bonus and everything, is twenty two million. Wow. Okay, so signing bonus. So that's your your average salary per spot tracker. Any of these yeah. sites is you know it's it's your bonus divided by the number of years of contract plus you know whatever your the rest of your deal is. So not your cap hit. Not your cap hit. This is yearly average salary. Number one is DeAndre Hopkins. Number two is Julio Jones at 22. Number three is Keenan Allen. That was surprising to me, although he's a fantastic player. He is 20000 uh and change. Amari Cooper, $20 million he made twenty. Yeah, he yeah. just got that contract before the season. Yeah, I figured Mike Evans would be in there, too. Mm. Number five is Michael Thomas. Oh my God! Who's like Ben Simmonsing it? Like, nah, I can't play. I'm, I'm not. Michael Thomas is number five, nineteen point two five. So there are four guys that make twenty million or more on average. Uh, Kenny Galladay is number six at eighteen million, along with Tyreek Hill. They both make eighteen million per average. Tyler Lockett seventeen point two five. Mike Evans sixteen and a half. Robert Woods of the Rams sixteen uh, and a quarter. That's the top ten. So if you pay A.J. Brown the four for 80, that means that he would join Amari Cooper. He would be tied for the fourth highest average in the NFL. Yeah, it, as a GM, I would try to get get him a little bit below that, but that, that's what I'd be shooting for if I was the, the agent. I'd try to get him around the 18. Now, you said earlier... 17, you're like, where's the paper? Now, you said you wait till a little closer to training camp, let him live through the summertime. Because mm-hmm, he gets through all the mini antsy. camps. Right. Antsy and anxiety, and I'm the best. Well, guess what? We're going to get you at your best. <laughs> so you get us, we'll take care of you. This is the best time to sign these guys that are elite like that. You want to get them before they hit the free agent market, so you got another year. You can use your tag, too, as a weapon. That franchise tag. You don't want to do that, but. Hey man, come on, give us a break. Eighteen million, we good to go. Let's rock and roll. Twenty million a year is out go, there. Let's go get this bow. <laughs> I need that two million to get that uh, the guy beside you. Come on, man. His average twenty two. Yeah, like, I don't care about that guy beside me. <laughs> I, I care about the guy beside me though. It's time for me and him to stop talking because we got to go. Because three each other at the Super Bowl, they got stuff to do. Uh, they got to get on here next. I forgot. But in the meantime, in between time, Mickey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.